You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another week, and we are talking about another Bengals victory. Can't I don't want to say I can't believe it, but based on where things were at the beginning of the year, going zero and two, and then sliding further back a little bit there, this this a four and three spot right now looks pretty good. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, and happy to be chatting about a Bengals win and doing a post-game wrap with you on the Bengals beating handily the Atlanta Falcons in week six at Paycor Stadium. 35-17 to 17 was your final score, and boy, was the Bengals offense cooking. And it wasn't just one or two guys. It was a multitude of guys, and you love to see it. So Bengals improved to four and three, a tie at the top of the division in the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens. They are technically beneath them because of an 0-2 division record. One of those losses being, of course, against the Ravens. So at any rate, yeah, um, a good win for the Cincinnati Bengals here. A get right type of, uh, a continue to get right type of situation and game for them. And they're... It was a, an offensive explosion, and it was really, really a, a pleasure to watch today. There was a little bit of a tenuous series of events and tenuous moments in the in this game, but for the most part, they are um, they're starting to hit their stride. The offensive line is playing better. The Bengals are doing different things in the run game that are effective, and of course, um, you know Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, all doing their thing. You love to see it. All right. Again, Anthony Cazenza here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. You can keep it to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, and shows. And, of course, you can subscribe to our channel, the YouTube channel right there. You can click that to subscribe down in the corner there and the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. All of that will be there for you. And then, of course, the Cincy Jungle podcast channel that has our material, Matt Mannix, Coach Speak, and Chuck Talk episodes, as well as talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. All of them are there. So yeah, I'm seeing uh, here's, here's Connor in the YouTube chat. Burrow looks so comfortable in the pocket. He did. He did. And uh, there was a pocket. (laughs) So you like that. And then uh, hello, Lindsay. Good to see you as always. Thank you everybody for tuning in here. Um, So real quickly, just to recap Bengals win Ravens beat the Browns. 
Um, and then we still have yet as of this recording to see uh, the Steelers. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see what finds out what, what happens there, but the Bengals are in a tie for the division lead with the Baltimore Ravens, and they are trending in the right direction right now, hitting their offensive stride. Let's get to uh, what we like to do. Box score, team stats, and some drive summary stuff, that sort of thing before we do. Well, I'll coincide it with this. Let's do that. Going to share my screen as I usually do here. And this is courtesy of ESPN's box score. Again, I like ESPN's box score. I don't know. It lays it out nicely for me. I don't know. We we used to do NFL.com and God love NFL.com, but uh, we'll, we'll take this one here. But here you go. Look at Joe Burrow, 34 of 42. Felt like he was even more accurate than that. Basically, what is essentially almost a a perfect passer rating on the day of 138.2, 481 yards, 11 and a half yards per completion, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and oh, by the way, a touchdown run again on the run on the ground for the second straight week since, by my count, since the week one disaster against the Steelers, Joe Burrow has thrown just one interception, has thrown 13 touchdowns and scampered for two more touchdowns on the ground. He is taking care of the football. The rest of the team is stepping up and the Bengals have made offensive adjustments. If you watch this game, there was frequent empty sets, frequent shotgun guys spread out and let's play pitch and catch across the field. A myriad of different routes. A lot of, a lot of things uh, killed the Falcons today. And there were a couple of nice deep balls, one to chase, one to one to Boyd for the touchdowns. It wasn't all yards after the catch stuff. So you like that. You see here, look at the rushing. Mixon, the average is lower. Um, you, you saw some things later where the, the runs weren't as effective still. 17 for 58. There was a lot of positive yardage uh, early in the contest when things were really clicking well. So you like that. Burrow had three for 20 including the touchdown uh, dive up the middle, a little bit of a, I don't know if risky is the right word, but a little bit of a, (laughs) a, a, I don't know if scary either, but it just, Hey, I mean, do we, do we have to, do we have to do the, the, the dive head first into a pile of people, Joe? I don't know. He also took a hit on a, on a run later in the game. He didn't really see the defender after a big gain on the ground. And you, you know, you wince a little bit. Is he okay? Is he okay? Um, So, Again, uh, the twenty yarder was was the first down at the end of the game. There, that was his long run. So three for twenty. Uh, the touchdown, of course, was at the one inch line that uh, I believe was on the drive where you thought that T Higgins stretched that ball over the end uh, end zone with the um, with the catch, but they didn't review it and they just decided to keep going there. Samaje Pirine, not much there. One just one carry there. Mixing those seventeen for fifty eight and a score on the ground early score. Man, these Falcons running backs, they run hard. And you look at it based on you knew what the Falcons were going to be about today. Um, I mean, yeah, they were going to use Kyle Pitts when they could. Yeah, they were going to use Drake London when they could. But they were going to run the football. And they were going to do that not only because that's their strength. That's what they like to do as a team. All of that. But because of the personnel that the Bengals were missing on that side of the ball going into this game. No DJ Reader, no Logan Wilson, no Josh Tupo. Um, and so they were going to try and do it. And there was some success. A, a couple of drives, they had some success. Mariota, 5.2 yards per carry. Huntley and Algier, though, I mean, sub four yards per carry. 
So you like to see that as a team, they were just 3.7 yards per carry, but man, give those guys credit. Algier, Huntley, Williams, they just run hard. I, I it just, even, even when the Bengals were stopping them, it was still just effort, effort, effort on almost every run there that I saw. So, uh, you know, a little bit of a pat on the back to the, the Atlanta running backs. They were, they were really doing some nice things, but the Bengals came up big. You see there, Algier, the leading rusher, 3.1 yards per carry, a touchdown on the ground, um, 16 for 50, though. Uh, Mariota only attempted 13 passes on the day, 124 yards. Uh, did have the big, big bomb, uh, one touchdown, no picks, uh, 118.7 rating. But really, you kind of figured it wasn't his arm that was going to win win that game for, for Atlanta. It was going to be if they were able to extend drives and do things on the ground to make it a long day for the Bengals. And for a while, that's... The, they did it. Uh, There's a, a certain point of the game that they did make it a long day for the Bengals on defense. You see there, Demir Bird had the big 75-yard catch. I, I think I had heard it was his only catch of the first catch of the year, if I if I remember hearing that correctly. But 75-yarder uh, there, a big one. Uh, Zacchaeus, three for 31, really their most consistent weapon. I mean, you look at this, first round Big-time wide receiver Drake London, one catch, nine yards. Kyle Pitts, former top-five pick, three catches, nine yards. And three catches on five targets to Kyle Pitts. Um, Really, really good job by the Bengals' defense today, uh, limiting a lot of yardage. Yes, the the Falcons as a team went over 100 yards rushing, but they still – did uh, a, a lot of good things on that side of the ball. And then look look at, by comparison, two 100-yard receivers. Tyler Boyd, your leading receiver of the day, both tied for the lead in catches with eight with Jamar Chase, but yards, 155 and a touchdown. And the dummy you're listening to right now, Talk, is the guy who sat Tyler Boyd on his fantasy team. So I'm looking like a real putts there. But 19 and a, almost 19 and a half yards per catch from Boyd. The long 60-yarder touchdown. Jamar Chase, 8 for 130. Big, big plays from him. Two touchdowns from him. Did leave the game briefly with what seemed like either a hamstring injury or, you know, uh, that that hip that was bugging him there. He did come back. He, he left early, went into, the, went into the tunnel early. But that, you know, their drive was over. There wasn't much time for the Bengals offense to come back out on the field. So they just kind of got a head start, I think, on treatment and examinations. And then he came back right right when the Bengals got the ball again to start that. And then you almost had a third 100-yard wide receiver in T. Higgins, five catches, 93 yards. And happy tight ends day to Hayden Hurst, six catches, 48 yards for him. A nice, solid day. Mixon did get some nice things going in the past game as well. Three, three carries, 33 yards. Wilcox, a couple catches late, so um, some nice things on defense. And then you see here, we'll talk more about this a little bit more in depth. And I want to get your comments and your your takes as well for those of you listening live. I do want to get that, but look at Jay Tufele. Second leading tackler tied with Jermaine Pratt along the defensive line. Six total tackles, one of them for loss. Uh, he is becoming a nice little player for this team. Akeem Davis-Gaither. Your leading tackler with nine total tackles. Zach Carter, nice day by him as well. Um, not really noted in, uh, you know, in, in a tackle for loss type of thing, but he moved well across the line, did some nice things there and had a couple of run stuffs uh, that, that showcased, you know, some nice 
lateral movement across the line there. So, uh, you know, a couple nice stops in the run game, you know, playing inside too. So you like that. Wouzier had a great play on Kyle Pitts to keep him out of the end zone. A little bit debatable, but it was reviewed and, um, you know, he was ruled not in the end zone. Cam Taylor Britt getting his first, uh, you know, kind of his feet wet here. Three total tackles by him came in to relieve Eli Apple. We're waiting to kind of hear more about that, but Apple was the guy who was beat on the big 75 yard play. Um, and so, you know, there you're kind of wondering if the right, some, some kind of writing is on the wall there. Von Bell uh, had a nice tackle at the goal line in a situation. BJ Hill, pretty active day. Sam Hubbard, nice day, had a quarterback sack late in the game. Hendrickson had a sack as well as did Joseph Osai. So um, nice game by the nice game by the young guys here. And Hendrickson did leave the game with what looked like a concussion protocol situation. So we'll wait to hear more on that. Really, though, you look here, the the Falcons had three sacks as well. St- that's not indicative, even though it's still a lot of hits on Burrow and whatnot. And you see here, I think it's four, uh, four, six, six total hits by the team there still not indicative of how the Bengals offensive line played today. I thought the, the Bengals offensive line was doing some nice stuff, particularly their center. Ted Karras was doing some nice things. Collins had some ups and downs, but he was hobbled with an ankle that he had taped up there. Jonah, you didn't really hear his name. So, you know, um, just a, just a decent day. You did have, see Alex Kappa get beat by Grady Jarrett, but Grady Jarrett's a very good player. So, you kind of expect that to maybe happen once or twice there, but otherwise, you know, uh, just a, a pretty solid day at the office by the, by the offensive line for the Bengals, allowing Burrow to kind of pick apart and pick and choose his, uh, you know, his receivers and, and make the plays he, he wanted to make. If we're going to talk about the Bengals missing guys on defense, we have to talk about the Falcons missing guys on defense as well. Okay. Uh, no Casey Hayward. He's on IR. Uh, AJ Terrell left the game, really good player, cornerback left the game pretty early. Uh, so you miss him. Uh, and then, you know, just others uh, on, on that side of the ball and whatnot there, they were kind of, you know, playing with, with some backups here and there. So you have to take that into account too. If we're going to say it for the Bengals, we got to say it for Atlanta there. Uh, Rashawn Evans, 13 total tackles, Jalen Hawkins with 11 as well. But for the most part, the Bengals were in big control of this game at one point up 21 to nothing and having their way with things. Let's go down here real quick. Of course, uh, not a great return day by Chris Evans. Trent Taylor getting some nice punt returns in the average 13.3 with a long of 21. There was one he let go that I don't know that that was a great decision there. Uh, But other than that, you know, obviously didn't have the fumble this week like he did last week. But three returns for 40 yards, you like that, set up the Bengals pretty well. Uh, McPherson did not need to kick a field goal today, oddly enough. He was perfect on the extra points there. And then, uh, you know, you had the big, big punt return by Avery Williams. So a couple maybe, you know, one maybe I'm nitpicking on special teams for the Bengals. One really bad play on special teams. Uh, I think it was Mike Thomas who had missed the tackle on a punt return on Avery Williams. And then he scoots and, and, you know, dodges a bunch of players, uh, Bengals players to set up a kick, uh, a field goal opportunity before halftime in a flurry of points randomly for the Atlanta Falcons. You see that here, 17 points. We'll talk about that in a second too. Um, But six punts by Atlanta 
only two to the Bengals there. So, um, you know, that's a little bit of the box score here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Then we will share. Let me share this with you as well. This is going to be... Where are we going to go next? Yeah, let's go to the drive summary because I want to break that part down. This... This was where there, there was a point in the game where the Bengals really had, you know, you see here, touchdown, um, start the game, just march down the field, touchdown, the big Tyler Boyd pass. Okay. And you're feeling pretty good. Then you hold them touchdown again. This one was the, was this the Joe Mixon run? Yeah, that was the Joe Mixon run. Then you hold them to a punt again. You go, wow. Okay. Bengals get the ball again. And then they really go for the throat there. The big, um, the big play to Jamar chase, right after the end of the first quarter, the big, big touchdown for 32 yards, beautiful catch and great throw as well to Jamar Chase there. So you like that. And then all of a sudden, okay, well, Atlanta gets back into things. And how do they get back into things? A 16-play drive, tons of runs. I think there was maybe, what, two passes, three passes on this drive? A ton of run attempts. And they punch it in on a third and goal. Algier does it from a yard out. And then you go, okay, well, okay, 21-7, you're feeling pretty good. Then it's like, oh, wow, 28-7, Bengals are doing real well. You know, another Jamar Chase uh, touchdown catch. You love that. Okay, and then you go, touchdown, okay. Well, on the 75-yarder, one play, wow, okay. Then you punt as the Bengals. And then on that punt return, you get a field goal. And then after that, it's halftime and the Falcons get the ball again. So they scored 17 points after being, you know, blanked to 21 nothing. They scored 17 points on three straight drives. Thankfully, the Bengals had that other touchdown uh, in between those there. But then they had set themselves. I mean, it was it was at that point, 28-17, I think, at, at that point. Set themselves up really well, did Atlanta for a possible run at things because they got the ball at half. And then the Bengals defense did what they do best, and that is not allowing the opposition in the end zone in the second half. This is unbelievable. Punt, 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 punt. And you're looking three plays, three plays, five plays, nine plays at the end there when the game was pretty well out of hand. But, I mean, that's a three That's a three and out. After they have all this momentum going into halftime, you're not feeling too great, you know, as the Bengals giving up all those points in a flurry like that. All of a sudden, three plays for one yard. That's what they netted coming out of halftime. Then you got three plays for seven yards on their ensuing drive. 
And right here, the Bengals could have made it even worse there. They gave the ball up on downs of 28 to 17. Could have kicked a field goal there. Obviously, you know, you had a really weird sequence of events. You had the first down. It seemed Boyd had the catch, kind of got out of a tackle, took a couple steps backwards, then got tackled. So his momentum, you know, initially would have had him, if he just fell down, he would have had the first down, bank drive would have kept going. Instead, I mean, you can't you can't fault effort. He was trying hard <laughs> and uh, ended up, fall, you know, getting tackled behind the line. And then, you know, it, it turns out the Bengals decided to run Pirine under center. They did a run under center, and lo and behold, it did not work on third and one. Then they tried fourth and one. Uh, they went uh, for, for a pass on fourth and one, which is a little surprising there, I guess, depending on how you want to look at the third and one play call. And incomplete. So then you're, you're going, oh boy, but then three plays, seven yards. And that's right there where I think the game, I mean, there's two critical points. Of course, the Bengals shooting off to that 21, nothing lead. That's a critical point. But then when they're up 28, 17 second half and Atlanta has the ball, just shut the door three plays for a yard. And then, you know, you give up, you move the ball a little bit yourself. You give up, give up the ball on downs. Okay, maybe they get a little momentum back. Three plays, seven yards, punt. And that that kind of was where I thought, you know, the, those two string of moments, it was where the game was won and lost. So um, that that is, you know, some of the things to note there. Tim Court says, Tufeli is a nice surprise, will be a nice rotational guy once DJ is back. Yes, he wasn't a surprise to this guy. Every once in a while, this guy comes up with something that resembles intelligence. And uh has been my guy for a while there. But um, yeah, he's I, I didn't think he would be com- coming in right away, new team, you know, kind of thrust into the lineup, and all of a sudden he's making some nice plays two weeks in a row. But what he does again, and you may or may not have heard me say it on our show, he moves well laterally across the line when it when a run play is developing, that sort of thing. Uh, and he's just he's just active. He he's really, really He's got quick feet for his size, and um, you know he's, he's a guy that I think uh, will be, as Tim said, a nice rotational guy here. And so, yes, Mister Whisper, I did sit Boyd. I, I, I know, I know. I'm... And another generous YouTube chat, you super chat here. Let's give some love to Hurst. He's only getting better in this offense. Yeah, happy tight ends day to Hayden Hurst. Love that. Um, getting comfortable, obviously, and doing. I love how my co-host John Sheeran put it the other day. It's just that is a guy. If you whatever, however many yards he ends up with this year, that is a guy who has fought for pretty much every single yard and hot uh, fought for it at a really high level uh, throughout this year. He has done a lot of different things and, and uh, really, really been a, a nice piece to this offense. And he has played two of his best games have been against his two former teams, the Falcons today and the Ravens a couple weeks ago. So kudos, kudos to him. Uh, let's share this one too, just so we can get through the team stats. And then we'll talk a little bit more about some different items. And I want to hear from you all as well. If you got questions or comments, anything like that, leave them in the live chats. I want to definitely want to, interact with all of you here here is the team statistics to give you an idea of things and man just look at the disparity of stats again between Mariota and and Burrow Um, and Burrow had the other you know 20 yards on the ground again over 500 combined yards uh, from scrimmage 
from Joe Burrow. Mariota had another, I think he had what, uh, 30 some, 40 some yards. I have to go back and look, but I mean, to- total for him is around, you know, 160 or so. Big disparity in terms of yards and performance between the two quarterbacks there. But regardless, look at the first downs 29 first downs for the Bengals to 13 for the Falcons. Look at the passing first downs, 22 to five in favor of the Bengals. Uh, of course, Atlanta out out did the Bengals on rush attempts and rushing first downs, seven as opposed to the Bengals, five first downs from penalties, two for the Bengals, one for um, one one for the Falcons there. Third down, this was another big story. Atlanta was four of ten on third down. The Bengals were seven of eleven. So the Bengals were were sniffing 70% success rate on third down, whereas the Falcons were 40%. Uh, Bengals did not make their own, uh, their only fourth down attempt of the of the day. Total plays, look at the disparity there. Uh, 21 more plays for the Bengals than the Falcons, 66 to 45. Total net yards, 537 to 214 in favor of the Bengals. And here's here's the kicker of all those you, you're just saying. Well, maybe the Bengals just had the ball way more. Uh, same amount of drives, same amount of drives. And look at the yards per play: three and a half yards more per play, almost four point eight for the Falcons, eight point one for the Bengals. Um, and then you go here, look at the yards per pass: six point seven for the Falcons, ten point two, three sacks for both teams. Uh, and then you know the the possession wasn't outlandish. Bengals had it for about five and a half. Uh, a little over five minutes more than the Falcons, 3305 to 2655. But again, just a lot of dominating statistics there for the Bengals showing what they did there. So uh, George Aiken says, great win over Atlanta. Yes, sir. Um, here's, here's what I, um, here's what I love. Oh, Michaela member. What's going on, Michaela? Uh, who they love seeing Boyd go off in this game for sure, for sure, for sure. Here's the other thing on the defensive side of the ball. We had some worries about obviously Tupo and Reader. Now Atlanta is a nice, a nice story and a nice surprise to a lot of people this year. I think we all kind of knew that they weren't world beaters, but you know, they could have potentially, especially this week provided um, some different, fits for the Bengals defense given their injuries and everything that the Cincinnati Bengals are are enduring at this point in time and so you know you, you had a little bit of a concern here you had some concern about you know will that will the Atlanta Falcons just kind of keep the Bengals offense on the sidelines long enough to eke out a win these Falcons are 6-0 and against the spread this year and at, at, going into this game and at three and three, that means either they covered and, you know, if they lost, they were right there and lost barely. And they were really close to being four and two coming into this game because of this wacky and weird roughing the passer call against Tom Brady. So they, they were really close to that. They also went toe to toe with the Rams. I mean, a lot of a lot of different stuff that you can point to here. But here's here's a couple of things that we could point to for the Bengals and why should we should be encouraged, et cetera. Number one, continued growth, production, and paying off of this adaptation on offense. Um, and, and this week, I think the Bengals did expose a lot of secondary weaknesses 
be it from injury or just personnel in general for the Atlanta Falcons, but they expose a lot of weaknesses there by, you know, this kind of new approach on offense and Hey, let's do a lot of crossers. Let's do some mesh stuff. Let's do all of that. And then, you know, they, they had a play action that Tyler Boyd touchdown on the first drive. That was off a play action. And that was a nice play. You know, that they hadn't had a lot of big plays off of play action this year. So you're starting to see, the things start to come to fruition. And how how was that play set up? Joe Mixon's first two runs, I think he had two runs for 15 yards or two runs for 12 yards. He was getting chunk yardage early in this game. And so when they set that up to play action, when it went kind of over the top to Boyd and he just outran everybody and got into the end zone. And that hasn't been part of the that hasn't been part of the the success or lack of success in the Bengals first few weeks where now things are starting to trend a little differently. Again, they're working short stuff, they're working some intermediate stuff. And then as that starts to kind of, uh, you know, the other defense gets a little bit more in panic mode, then some other deep stuff starts opening up. And that's where you saw the Boyd play. That's where you saw the chase play and a couple of other nice intermediate slash long plays to Higgins as well. So you like the continued development, the continued, uh, you know, direction and and changes that they have made on offense. Uh, Zach Taylor in his post game press conference said, "You know, I told you guys not to panic when we were, when we were zero and two, and here they are now at four and three, and and things are playing. You know, they're they're playing a lot better." the games that they lost, we all know the three, the three losses have combined for eight points. We, we know the kind of the story here. So now that's something that we can kind of take, you know, take stock in and, and say, Hey, you know, this offense is moving in a bit much better direction than it was uh, it, to, to start the year. Now on defense, I, I mentioned this a little bit, but I want to expand on this. Tufele coming in and, and playing interior defensive line in, in relief of, of a couple of guys who are injured and helping out there. The last two weeks he has had, I think three total tackles for loss um, was in the same, the two in the Saints game and one then on Sunday here. He's, this is a guy who's a depth guy, a rotational guy and stepping into a kind of a starting ish role and playing pretty well. And so he's a second year guy, right? You look at you look at the other guys that are young on here on defense that are stepping up. Joseph Osai, he is a second year guy coming back from injury. He had a sack today in relief of Hendrickson, who left the game with injury. Um, and then you know you've got Zachary Carter, the rookie, also playing inside a little bit because of necessity. He made a couple of nice plays today as well as I mentioned. So you've got three very young defensive linemen, Carter, Tufele, and Osai, none of which are beyond their second season in the NFL. And they're stepping in and playing and making impactful plays on defense when they are coming in and asked to play more snaps than initially anticipated. So that is what the, you know, that you have to, you have to be encouraged by that and, and everything on that you're seeing on defense again, it all culminating with the Bengals through seven games this year, not allowing a defensive touchdown through the first seven games. That's big. That's, that's big. Uh, 
Elfish Presley, love love that name by the way. Joe was fire. He was on fire today. That um, that is awesome. Antonio Dudley on Facebook. I, it says the soon move that Osai did. I think it means the, the spin move. I'm sure that's a autocorrect issue there, but yes, that spin move. Go check that video out, man. He did a, a, a kind of an outside spin move that ended up netting a sack. You love that. Um, and then you had Cam Taylor Britt also on defense coming in later for Eli Apple. You saw some a little bit more of Daxton Hill as well. So, you, you know, the defense and these young players that they keep kind of netting through various in, endeavors, whether it's free agency, the draft, or you know, whatever, they are they're coming up. They're 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 coming up big in in these these roles, and so now you like that again. I, I think you still want a little bit more rotational pass rush help we hope that osai continues to grow um you need to get it maybe a little bit more out of some of the other starters that you got there but i mean for the most part they are clicking on that side of the ball too so that is uh you know it, you gotta like all of this when you talk about the Bengals right now and where they're headed now they take on on halloween next monday night they take on the cleveland browns in cleveland the battle of the orange teams on Halloween. <laughs> um, today, the Browns lost another close game to the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, a game I think they thought they should have had or could have had. And there's a report from Zach Jackson, who I think writes for, I can't remember, Fox Sports, Ohio, maybe. Um, but he tweeted out that there was a, an audible shouting match or something in the Cleveland locker room after the game. And then Stefanski was asked, asked about it, and he just said it's just kind of normal stuff. But they're going to play inspired ball next week, I would think. Now, this is the, the only shot the Bengals have at the Browns without Deshaun Watson um, serving that suspension there. So they'll have Jacoby Brissett by you know all indications – and so they need to take advantage of it, especially being in that 0-2 division record hole that they've dug for themselves at the beginning of this year. So that next week is a very, very critical game. And as you potentially, if you win that game, you would distance yourself further from being 500 and, and moving more and more upward in the win column. That's always a big, always a good thing. Uh, and then you've got Carolina. So, you know, the at home. And, um, you know, so at, at that point, I, and I think the buy is right after that. So at that point, you know, the Bengals are, are have an opportunity to really kind of go on a little run here and feel uh, pretty good about where they may be, depending on if they take care of their business. Um, the, these are two games that should that, that are winnable. It's always Cleveland has provided in the Zach Taylor era, it's provided an incredibly tough matchup for the Bengals. Um, they run the ball well, and they uh, are very physical, uh, but they are just not the same right now that they have been in years past. But, um, yeah, Brandon Savoy uh, says we got to be physical next week. Chubb always runs crazy on us, for sure, for sure. And then big test against the Browns. Tim Courts again, uh, big test against the Browns for the young defensive linemen. Yeah, uh, for sure. But the Bengals need to take care of their business. They took care of business today and did so in – pretty dominating fashion. There was kind of a little blip on the radar where you go, whoa, this game got really kind of 
uncomfortable a little bit there, uh, but they handled their business and, and did what they needed to do. So you like that. Now the Bengals, uh, you know, they've got some other games coming up that, that could also be a little bit more difficult than the next two. But right now what you're feeling good about is that the Bengals are starting to click uh, in a lot of different ways that maybe wasn't there at the beginning of this year. So as they're starting to get to the middle point of their season, you're liking what you're seeing from the offense now these past few weeks, these past couple of weeks. And then, of course, the defense continuing to improve. And then, oh, by the way, you will be getting DJ Reader back by by indications there. Logan Wilson is still kind of a day-to-day, week-to-week, as is Josh Tupo. So you start to get some of those guys back. What happens with Cam Taylor Britt and Eli Apple, we'll see. Um, but, you know, you're going to you're, – you're starting to get some of those guys back. Um, we'll have to keep monitoring Trey Hendrickson there to see what happens there. Hopefully Chase, this thing isn't a nagging injury that he keeps having. Sounds like Higgins kind of keeps slowly getting better and better with his ankle issue that he that's been bugging him a little bit. So, you know, guys are get you're you're starting to get healthy at the right time. You're starting to play better at a at one of the better times on the schedule in terms of the middle there. So, hopefully this all leads to um, more ascension by the Bengals and the the early part of the season was the anomaly and not this part. So um, we'll we'll see what happens there. Let's see if we got any other comments that I did not got get to. Um, Yeah, I think I got to a lot. Yeah, I mean, here's one from Carol here. I thought they all played great as a team together. Yeah, who had Brandon Awuzie's hit on Pitts? Yeah, at the goal line, that was that was nice. Um, let's see. Hey, so so cow guy Rick, who day from Downey? I'm not too far south from you, man. Uh, who day, buddy? Uh, I will. So someone said said this. This is the other thing I'm I'm curious about. Mixon's out for blood, one nation underground. I'm curious to know what Mixon's workload will look like going forward. If it's going to be more like today, more like last week where he had, I think, 12 total touches, eight carries, four four catches last week. I think he had about 18 this week, 15 carries, three catches, that sort of thing. I wonder if that's going to be kind of more where he's at instead of 25, 30 touches. Um, Obviously, if the Bengals get – in control late or that sort of thing, then, you know, they'll, they'll do that. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm very interested to see how the, how this continues to progress on offense. If the Bengals will continue to kind of use a lot of early passing spread shotgun, you know, empty sets uh, and then, you know, kind of occasionally sprinkle in the run and try and pop the big play in RPO type of style or, if there are going to be games where they feel like, you know, this is it, this is a contest where we need to run the football. We need to pound the football. This group of offensive linemen, Joe Mixon and, and everything, the traditional run sets, the under center, either go out wide or go up the middle, that sort of thing. It just has not worked. And it, they, on the rare occasion they did it today, um, that, that is, you know, 
that's something I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if the Bengals are going to, you know, they've really stopped kind of pounding their head against that wall, so to speak. And they've made a nice adjustment in the run game and it's really helped out the entire offense. But I wonder what scenarios and what teams and would it take for them to potentially do something different in the run game uh, and, and maybe get mixing more carries. Is there something that predicates that? I don't know. Um, obviously the, the workload has been really lightened in the past couple of weeks and um, you know, he's had more positive yardage plays and the Bengals are two and oh the past couple of weeks. So um, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and, and kind of watch how the Bengals continue to, to develop, but they look, they looked really good today. They looked really good today, particularly when, you know, Atlanta made a nice surge towards the middle of that game and the Bengals held strong. Their offense kept performing. Their defense ended up holding strong in the second half. And, um, you know, they get out with a nice win. They're at four and three, setting themselves up nicely. And they've got two games that are winnable the next couple of weeks here. And then, um, you know, setting themselves up for the back half of the schedule. They need to start collecting divisional wins, though. They need to start collecting those divisional wins. You can't you can't go 500 or less, really. I mean, you can't – 500 would be okay, but I, I think, you know, at this point you got to try and win all the rest of the four games that are on the schedule uh, that are in division. Um, so, Chris Bergeron, good point. Runner pass doesn't really matter. Just get the ball in the hands of your best players. Mixon is still having an impact on the game. He is. He is having an impact, and his impacts are still – just just on more limited carries or touches than we're, we were used to. Um, and so I, I, it's just kind of a little bit of a rhetorical question about, you know, are there, are there situations or teams which would predicate the Bengals giving the ball to mix in upwards of 25, 30 times instead of, you know, 12 to, eight, to 16 or 18 times like we've seen the past couple of weeks. Don't know. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the Orange and Black Insider post-game show. Appreciate you all tuning. We got a lot of live viewers that, that I can tell from a lot of different platforms. So awesome hanging out with all of you. Um, thank you for tuning in. The Bengals get on the right side of the win column again, 35 to 17. Take care of business against the, the Falcons at Paycor Stadium. You like that. And they've got the Cleveland Browns up on deck. Go to cincyjungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, and podcasts. And, of course, the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, which is available through your favorite audio platform, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of those. Um, we, the, the podcast channel is there. You can get this show. You can get Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends as well as Coach Speak and Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick. Appreciate that. Appreciate all of the support. You all go have a great rest of your weekend, what's left of it. And a great start to your week. We'll be back with much more material, not only on this show, but on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Appreciate you all tuning in. Take care. And, hey, Bengals are 4-3. You got to like that winning record. And we'll take it. All right. Take care.
to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.